game of the year, wipe the save. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> this is complete bullshit. This oh man, you loved it so much up until now. <laughs> I'm not playing this again. <laughs> um, I'm not playing this bullshit again. There's no way to exchange saves on the PlayStation 4, is Dude, there? That's that's hella shitty. Cause, uh, <laughs> uh, well I oh, I get it. I've been drinking a lot. <laughs> That'll just oh make my this God, podcast I don't even better. That. I do not believe that. Oh, I'm a real charmer when I've been drinking too much. I do not believe this shit. Well, you didn't say too much. Well, when I'm drinking enough. Uh, so you so you have been drinking enough. That is your stance, right? Yeah. Okay. Good. Fact. Good. I don't want I don't want to hear too much. All right. So I've got um oh shit. Let's just should we start? Should we do it? Let's do uh, it. Uh, uh, all right, let's go. <laughs> this is, yeah, I can already tell this is going to go down in the history books as a quality episode of the yeah. Enemy Slime Podcast, episode number 79. We are so close to the big 8-0, that milestone that everybody looks forward to, the one that we throw big parties for, the pre-20-year centennial Episode 80 is right around the corner, so stay tuned next week. Thank you all for joining us. If you haven't already, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're at The Enemy Slime on those services. Uh, it's been a great show, guys. Um, and with that, we're out. And with that, with that we begin. Thanks for listening. Um, thanks, thanks for listening to Jay's Life is Strange save being deleted. <laughs> So pure bullshit. Let's just let's just start there because uh, we posted about episode two are and three you, today. To, yeah, okay. Would the listeners know who they're, lis- who they're listening to, Jared? Well, yeah. So, All right, so you first, have know? your host, Jared Wolthuthis. Yes, I am your host, Jared Wolthuthuthis. And then pronunciation is good. I also have Luckyo Lorenzino. That's totally me. We've got we've got Mitchell Mahoney over there. Avast, you see scrotums batting down your hatches for much pederasty. And okay, all right. And then we have uh, J. J. Joseph Jr., player and the esteemed J. Joseph Jr., player and sampler of Life is Strange, uh, th- three times now. If he if he decides to brave it again, <laughs> J. Tell me tell me why you would not play Life is Strange again. <laughs> It's uh, it's like it's it's a okay. It was a chore. So I played the first episode twice, right? I played it once on my computer, and then not only did I say I would do an overview for the site of episodes two and three, but everyone was telling me how much better the game got. Um, so I said, okay, I'm going to go ahead and try and force my way through episode one again. I made I I had to do every single thing over again. Like I had to talk to every single person over again. I had to make same exact decisions over again because I was pretty happy with my decisions. So it took me forever to finish episode one the second time just because I felt like it was tedious and I was bored. It took me forever to push through it. And then I get to episode two and episode two is like fucking awful. Um, it's like just it's like like pulling teeth playing episode two. And I finally get to episode three, which is the only one that's mildly okay. And then I, I have I have it open now because I was grabbing screenshots or something i like drop my controller and it decides that's enough to select delete on the entire save and just get rid of the whole fucking thing <laughs> jesus fuck 
But it's not like it's not like a glitch in Life is Strange that. Did you, were no, you... I'm just I'm just amazed it was so easy to get rid of everything. Was that is it just like... content you didn't discover yet? What's that? <laughs> is that oh, just yeah? Int- <laughs> yeah, it's really meta. That might be yeah. It's really meta. That's the time travel device. So it's like I never played it at it's all. It's like Max went back, back in time. I, I, I rewound time, one. so it's like I never played it at all. You're now you're Max. And playing it again might actually kill you, like Max. Wait, is that what happens? This is insane. Hmm. Oh my god, what's my last backup? Where's my my, my last backup? If you have a backup, that'd be good. My last save data on online storage. My last backup is in March. What the fuck? Oh man. Oh god. So that's probably like, well at least you don't have to play episode one again. Uh, I'd probably have to play a lot of episode one again. You can just play episode two one more time. I mean, nobody's going to make you do it. <laughs> um, we got our mileage. We got our. I don't think anybody <laughs> would fault you for giving the review now. Yeah, just score it. Score it and call it a day. Two. <laughs> right now. Two. Right, right now. One, one I, 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 I give it a one. two. Okay, okay, there you go. It gets a fucking two. You heard that it here actually first. actually seems very generous for does, all the does, nasty things we've heard you say this week. Does, does, does anyone, does like, do, do people want to know what my problem is with the game? Do people have any questions or any clue? Uh, I think as I, I already why, know I, what your problems are. You, <laughs> You've so, been very clear about what the problems are. So if <laughs> I, I should let the listeners know. If I follow, um, let me see how much of this I can I can repeat back. If I follow, the big issue is that... Everything is not good. <laughs> so you're wait. I don't even. I I know nothing. When you guys started talking about this game, I didn't even know that it had, it was out or a thing. I didn't know that it had been invented or created. Um, and I'm still not super clear on what it is supposed to be or what the. I, I obviously I know. I have a pretty rough idea. So so you're Max, right? Yeah, Mighty Max. And, and you go to school. I think they actually call her that. I think they, no, they call her Mad Max. That's what they call her. You go to school, right? Like high school. Yeah. And on your way to high school, you're, I guess, probably like struck by lightning or something. And nope. then you gain the ability to travel through time. Uh, yeah. How does, she, about right. how does she get time travel? Uh, it just happened. It just happens? It just she happened. Was really, she, she was just really bored in class. Are, are you for real? She just like she's just sitting in class and she's and then she can go back and she didn't like fall into a vat of chemicals or nope. <laughs> no, it just happened. She's in class one day. So it's a, so the coincidence is supposed to be that her time travel happens on the same day that she reunites with her best friend from five years ago. Oh, so it's her and this girl, Chloe. She goes That's to how the it happened to me. <laughs> she goes to the bathroom. Uh, she sees this girl being threatened by some rich entitled rat. Because uh, he has a lot of money. Rat. He 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 uh, no. he pulls a gun on her and he shoots her. And Max oh, is like, "Holy shoot. shit, what just happened?" And she travels back in time and she wakes up and she's like, "Oh shit, I have, I have time travel powers." And she gets a she gets a hold on them like really fast, right? Um, and instead and then, of going right to the bathroom, she uh, stays there and uh, tries to flirt with her professor and uh, make her rival feel really bad. Yeah. Well, no, the thing is, after she uses her time travel powers to save Chloe the first time, they become completely irrelevant and stupid for the rest of the game. Which, I mean, it, it makes sense to a degree, because for the story and the setting that they're trying to tell, like, Chloe can't die, like, 
10 times, you know. So like it, well, she can. And you, you'd you be surprised how many times they kill Chloe. Um, well, actually, that's, I that's think bad, God, too. Like, I, think now, I think now Chloe has... I've seen Chloe die three times. What are the ways that Chloe can die? Uh, she can shoot herself. Oops. She can be hit by a train. Oop, bad case of HPV. Um, she'd be shot by someone else. I'm not sure if there are other ways she can die. She probably can. I'd she probably seems to have a... She seems to have a pretty short expiration date. If I could, it, it really, it really seems like like the the time machine where the moral is you can't fix it. Right. So it's the, like so, Final Destination. Right. Exactly. Like or like a butterfly effect. Sure. Um, yeah. That too. So the the big thing here because I think <laughs> we fit on the fact that this thing kind of takes its 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 overtures from a lot of teen movies, like a lot of indie teen movies and a lot of teen comedies and a lot of teen dramas. Like, it feels almost like a Diablo Cody piece, except for the fact where it's, like, not good. I mean, not every Diablo Cody is brilliant, right? But I'm sure she could write something better than Diablo this. Diablo 3 Cody. So it feels like it feels like a kind of pale mockery of a Diablo Cody piece. So what kind of... Um, so the story is your Max, right? Max is, like, this kind of unpopular girl. And I like the idea that she abuses her time travel powers so she can become popular. Like, I like that idea. Every single student she can walk up to, she'll talk to the student. You're like, oh, fuck off. I don't want to talk to you. And they'll accidentally tell her something super secret about themselves. They're like, oh, fuck off. I don't want to talk to you because my mother just survived cancer. So you're supposed to travel back in time. Yeah. You're supposed to travel back in time. And then start a conversation with, oh, I'm so sorry. I heard your mother have cancer. Do you want to talk about it? And like, oh, that's so sweet of you to notice, Max. I didn't know you actually cared about me. Uh, and then suddenly you're popular with that person. And, oh, God. Um, okay, so, so a lot of it, it's like this, this kind of really down-to-earth, realistic kind of portrayal of a teen girl going through high school. Uh, but there's like just so many little things they do that kind of build up and make the experience just fucking awful. Um, so the first thing is it's it's French, right? Don't nod as French. So it feels very much like the French trying to guess at uh, American life and American culture. So they make a big deal of a ton of shit. Like they, they'll make a big deal of someone smoking marijuana, which is great until you realize that the game takes place in Oregon a.k.a. the first state to legalize marijuana, so it shouldn't actually be a big deal at all. Um, God, and there's just like, like so many little things like that that build over and over again. So a big thing, a big thing that happens in the game. It's going to be like spoilers galore, so Lucio's the only one that cares about playing this. Do you care? No, that's fine. Go ahead. All right. So, so a big thing wait, is wait, that so there's... Wait, this, this is an episode three spoiler? This is an episode two spoiler. Oh, okay. I'm getting ready to announce. Okay. I can I can do episode three. Spo- I want to do episode three spoilers. Yeah, well, why not? Just ruin spoilers. everything. <laughs> but in episode two, uh, there's a sex tape going around of this um, this Catholic school girl, Katie. Oh wait, everyone... now, now I'm listening. <laughs> so everyone is like is like terrorizing this girl. They're like terrorizing her. They're like, oh, you're such a slut. Call Katie for a good time you know, writing nasty yeah. messages and emails and just, like, spreading the video everywhere. everywhere. And they're like, man, I can't believe, you know, this, this Christian is getting around like that and what would God think? And you see notes from her family that's like, oh, you're going to burn in hellfire for what you did. 
So it, it makes a huge deal, the whole entire episode. And then about two-thirds of the way into the episode, you finally find out what this sex tape is. And it turns out the sex tape is actually a recording of her at a nightclub making out with a couple of guys. That's the sex okay. tape. Um, then at the end of the episode, it gets so bad that she decides to jump off a roof. So as Max, now you have to save her, right? Easy, easy enough because she has time travel powers. Only now her time travel powers very conveniently decide to break down. Um, they stop working. They freeze time just long enough so she can get to the rooftop. And then they stop working entirely. So she only has a one shot at saving uh, Katie's life. And you have to talk her down. Um, it's a big thing. So that's all well and good. But I think I had a, like, a big problem with them spending so much time talking about how awful and terrible this sex tape was. And then you find out it's just like a, a make-out session. Which, Wait, which part was she making out with? Uh, <laughs> just... <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was their tongues, Michael. Um, oh, okay. Well, that's that's pretty tame. It's pretty tame, right? So, and they do a lot of they do a lot of stuff like that where they they have like these really dark, really big implications, and whatever actually happened, it's pretty tame. So, wait, is that uh, is that actually like part of the story? Like realizing that the sex tape is actually not that graphic? No, no. Or, they, they, they or are we all to, still they, supposed to be horrified? You're, at, like, supposed, you're supposed to be horrified the whole way. It's supposed hmm. to be like this. Are you sure that like it is awful and it just cut away before the awful thing happened? I'm not saying that you wouldn't know, but is it possible that she like stops it? She's like, I can't, I can't watch this. And later on, it got real dirty. I think we lost him. Goodbye, Jay. He was he was so young. <laughs> <laughs> he loved he loved Life is Strange so much. That <laughs> <laughs> it killed him. <laughs> So can we try let's try to get him back. I guess okay. yeah, I guess we should probably try and try and get him back. Oh. Fuck you. Third uh, world. Okay, what happened there? I don't know. You you dropped off all of a sudden. You were telling us about how the I was, uh, No, I was thing. time traveling. Oh, <laughs> he was time traveling. He time traveled. He, oh god, what's gonna happen? <laughs> See, but this is a this is a great example where you wasted the time travel. You should have gone back in time and stopped yourself from playing Life is Strange. <laughs> It's it's like if if in Red Alert Einstein used the chronosphere to go back in time and like tell Hitler his hair looked really cool instead of <laughs> instead of killing him. No, he went back in time um, to tell Hitler to shave his mustache. Hey, instead of killing, him. lose so, the okay, so, the course of the war. So I want I want to jump into the next episode. So the next episode, um, after remember, episode, all of episode two is about Max's power shutting down. And her powers might even be killing her because she has like these massive headaches and her nose is bleeding and all this kind of shit. You get to Does anybody ever three. tell Max that with great power comes great responsibility? Oh, well, they make they, they no no sir, no. Michael's joking, but, but seriously, they make these huge You're superhero right, comparisons. <laughs> they they make these huge superhero com- comparisons throughout the entire thing. They're like, oh Max, you're a literal superhero. You're just like Spider Man and Superman and all of them. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't do shit with it. You know. I mean, it's, what are you gonna do? It's possible for Katie to die, so it's possible that every single thing, it's very possible every single thing Max does is irrelevant. But I want to get to the third episode, because in, in episode two, her powers are killing her. Like, she's, she's got these massive nosebleeds, and she's got these massive headaches. And the thing about Max, it's so frustrating, because, look, she uses her time travel powers once, right? And then her nosebleeds. So what are you, as the player, going to think when you see that? That every time she time travels... 
it busts her capillaries. Right. Okay. So you're gonna you're automatically gonna assume that, right? Max doesn't figure it out. She's like, "Oh, I just time traveled, and now my nose is bleeding. I don't know that why that is. So I guess I'll just keep time traveling." <laughs> Maybe um, I'll go back in time and ask myself. <laughs> Wait, can she go no- forward in time too, or just back? She just can. Back. She can go forward, or she's already been there. If that makes sense. Yeah, she can go forward. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, so she can't travel forward in time and ask herself, like, hey, what, what's up with my nose? <laughs> no, she can't do that. No, uh, but, uh, what, She could probably travel that? back and tell her what's up with her nose. Yeah, well, why isn't her pass off going, like, hey, you know but how see, you can travel see, back see, and knock so, it so, off? So how time I, travel uh, works in this world well, basically, <laughs> it basically just displaces Max, right? It takes her out of the timeline and then puts her wherever she's supposed to be. And right now she can only go backwards. So the displacement, we haven't seen what happens to the displacement in the forward movement. Um, <laughs> so it's the displacement. So she's disappearing and anything she has on her will go back with her, uh, which is only physical items so far. So it's used, it's used to solve a lot of puzzles, right? So she'll trick some and, guy. And or she'll steal, emotional baggage. So like she'll basically like steal your wallet, right? And she'll make you show her, show, show her your wallet. She'll take it. You'll be like, hey, you little punk kid, give that back. And then she'll travel Bitch. back in time. So for you, it never happened. But now she magically has your wallet. And you don't know it. Um, but in episode three, they completely ignore the fact that she's dying. Like, it just doesn't come up anymore. It, it, all of episode she three better. her. And then episode three, not only can she go backwards in time now, she can look at a photograph and she can use it to travel to that exact point in the photograph. So at the end of the episode three, and this is a huge spoiler, she destroys the timeline that you've been playing on in Life is Strange. So episodes <laughs> one, two, and episodes three all become irrelevant, which is a huge deal when you remember the type of game you're playing is like a Telltale style game. So mm. your choices are supposed to matter. Um, it Wait, feels like I, a lot I, of your I think you're overlooking the, the key point here. Which is? How hot was the lesbian action? I liked it. It was good. Oh, okay. Great. Uh, so, I, so, so this is seriously one of the only only one of the few things I liked because in episode three, uh, it feels like Max and Chloe are finally starting to develop a relationship, and um, it especially feels like you know you can tell Chloe has a little bit of a crush on Max, and it's cute because Chloe's asking about the guy she's into, and she gets all shy when they go swimming together. It's, it's really cute, um, and it all comes to a head. And and listen, you have to consider. Yeah, it does. That that don't nod has handled the entire game so far with the sensitivity of using a a, a hammer to smash a shot glass. So this is like <laughs> one of the few things where they have any kind of subtlety. Um, so 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 Chloe and Max they so Max crashes at Chloe's house one night. They have a little slumber party. They spend the night together. They wake up the next morning, and Chloe is like, you know, I dare you to kiss me. Um, and the player can decide whether or not they're going to do it. I decided to do it. So Max goes and kisses her, and Chloe freaks out. She's not ready for it. She freaks out. She backs up, um, and she doesn't know how to take it. And I actually really like that because it's not like, oh, good, you're kissing me. I'm totally into this. Let's be lesbians now. It's like, oh, I'm a teenager, and I don't know how to handle that. I didn't think you would actually do it. Um, So I like that. That was good. That was, like, one of the few good things they did. So I have two questions. Yeah. The first one is, why does she destroy the timeline? And then the second one is, how? So, okay, so why does she destroy the timeline? So Chloe just keeps getting more and more pissed off throughout the game. Like, no matter what you do, she's always pissed off. 
and One. she's always yelling at everyone and she's always blaming everyone. Now, keep in mind, everyone is kind of mad at Max the entire game anyway, no matter what you do. Like, yeah. everyone's always pissed at you, at the players. So you don't really notice. <laughs> so, but at one point, Max finally calls Chloe out. Just like, you know, you can't keep being angry at everyone and you can't keep blaming everyone for what happened to you. Uh, you know, Chloe lost her dad in a car accident some time ago. So Max gets a photograph from Chloe's mom. And um, Max is sitting there thinking about, you know, how can I help Chloe? Like, how can I help her anger? She's looking at this, this photograph, which is of, of Max and Chloe when they were five years younger. And time starts fucking up, right? Um, and Don't Nod says, okay, bring the picture into focus to travel back. So you bring it into full focus. Max wakes up in, like, her 13-year-old body. And it's the day that Chloe's father died. Um, and, and Max is like, oh, shit, I traveled all the way back to the day that he died. I can fix this. So Max takes his car keys. She dumps it in the sink. Um, and after that, you know, William never gets in the car, so the car crash never happens. And then he beats the fuck out of Chloe for scaring his car keys. <laughs> no, ah, no, William, William is a very loving father. He's a very, he's a oh, very, okay. he's a very good dad. Um, so you, you, you Just watch the light the, pop you, in the chops. You you actually you actually watch the timeline um, replace itself through photographs. So you see all these photographs. You see everything happening in the photographs, kind of replacing itself. So Max reappears back in the present. She's wearing like these very J. Crew Gucci clothes. She's surrounded by the Vortex Club, which are the extremely. Did we lose him again? Yep. Maybe he's still on the call. And you are we still friends? All this kind of shit. Uh, Maxie's we we lost him for a bit, Jay. (laughs) Maxie's the boy she had a crush on. Uh, He's now hooked up with someone else. She's like, shit, this is all wrong. She jumps on a bus. She goes back to Chloe's house. Uh, She rings the doorbell, and William's alive. She saved him. But then uh, Chloe comes to the door. And Chloe is now a paraplegic in a wheelchair and with a tube in her throat and everything. Damn. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, that's... Is, I, is Max still attracted to her? <laughs> Max is like, this is what I said I for, honey. Sorry. <laughs> so... Uh, your own. I, it, it, this, is, this is tough because basically it sounds like the time that they finally decided to use time travel in a meaningful fashion, they also wiped out the entire purpose of their game. <laughs> right. now, now we don't know that because in the right. next, in the next episode, they could totally be like, Oh, both the timelines still exist simultaneously. And yeah. whoa, weird things happen and everything merged into one. And like you now your choices are merging into, I don't know. There's, there's stuff that they could do. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that, but it does imply that they've thrown away kind of everything that you just spent the last six hours doing. <laughs> right, exactly. Which is a colossal waste of time, which is <laughs> which is my biggest complaint in any video game. <laughs> but it doesn't really matter because Jake right, saved right, Are we using this to segue now? Is that I wait, don't wait, wait, like... Wait, hold on, hold on. <laughs> you, you complained about the story a lot. How does the game control? Sure. How does she control? Uh, it controls fine. You could press forward right, and she walks. Four out of five. <laughs> Bad story, great controls. So speaking of wasting time, <laughs> I, I play the game. 
<laughs> that I think you guys might have heard of before. Um, it's called Sunset. <laughs> right. And I was really looking forward to Sunset because I think it's super cool. And despite I love South American food, despite some things that I may have said in my anger, I do think that Tale of Tales, as a general rule, is pretty cool. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I definitely didn't get that at the time, but sure. Sure. No. 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 <laughs> Well, I played I played the Endless Forest and I was a deer, and you know what? They nailed it. Like, right? They nailed it being a deer. They nailed it. I was a deer. I did deer stuff. Like, I mean, it was perfect. And, and you know what? I guess you could say they nailed it in Sunset too, because I think it is as boring as being a maid in real life. <laughs> um, but the premise the premise is, and I think it is a great premise. The premise is that you're an American citizen who goes and visits her brother in a South American country. And um, as you go to leave said country, a revolution sparks out, a, a government like takeover sparks, and y- you're, you're uh, unable basically to leave the country and you instead wind up being forced to stay there. You, you're, you're like an engineer or something. You're a real smart girl, but for whatever reason, the only work you can find in, in this country is as a maid. And so you go so, and you... So really, they got it wrong. It should actually be um, a Latina person coming to America. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, you so have to you, made for Chris Christie. So you become, you become a maid, and oh, lucky, lucky you. Like, what are the odds? The person that you happen to be working oh, for... Oh, please, come on, Jared. It's pretty fucking clear that he picked you on purpose. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty... You're the only other person in Burns in the whole fucking country. Well, but, but even <laughs> even so, like, I don't know. He knows who your right, brother right. is. He's got, he's got jungle it, fever. It, it, is, it is very obvious that he knows who your brother is, and he is involved with a revolution. Oh, and it is, it is, very, it is very fortunate, too, that your brother just happens to be, like, a very uh, person very close to the revolution as well. I mean, Hugo Chavez okay, so, definitely so you, had jungle you did, fever. You did, you did remind me. I do have some very complicated questions about that. But before um, we start, not only does he know that your brother is very close to the revolution, but he leaves documents lying around on purpose, yes, open. Yes, he very, leaves the cipher in play, room, in play view so you can get it and decipher the documents. He knows who you are and he knows who your brother is. It wasn't an accident that he hired you. Right, right, sure. I, I, would, I would agree with that statement, but there's still some cosmic coincidence that you... I guess reply to a listing for a maid, and we don't know how she got the job. That's true, we don't. So I mean, I guess. You have nothing so, to do. Come work for me. So, guy, so finish. So finish explaining. Finish. Finish. All right. Finish whatever. Well, anyway, the, the idea. The idea is that um, as you as you clean this person's house every day, you uncover these documents that he leaves out for you, and you basically learn about his role in the revolution, and at the same time. Their their marketing material leads you to believe this is not what happens, but you actually take an active part in the revolution by link by leaking these documents to your brother and and participating in the process essentially, um, and uh, and that's the game. So you do that and then you mop a little bit and uh, oh and I forgot you of course you must fall in love, and so. Every action that you perform in the game can be performed uh, warmly or coldly. Um, so something like there's a part where you have to clean his sink out. 
And if you pick the warm action, oh, yeah. yeah, so 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 lovingly clean a sink. Right. Well, if you I pick do that all the time, if you pick the warm action, then you actually like take the time to uh, plumb the sink by hand with the plunger. Now, none of this. This is all just a single click. There's no like game or anything. Um, it's really important that you understand. There's no game in Sunset. <laughs> <laughs> so you, so you lovingly plunge the sink, and uh, and that makes him happy. Or you can do you, take. Do you, do you say sweet, sweet nothings to the drain while you plunge it? No, you yes. don't. You do sing. She does sing kind of a slave song while she works. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. She says a Negro spiritual. Doesn't she? She's she's, she's very close. Jericho's chariot. <laughs> Coming for to carry me. She hums it. She hums it. She is very close. Just <laughs> whenever she works, because so, so basically she hums it so much I can hear. So basically, you click it and uh, you you click whatever the activity is, and then it shows time passing, and then she just hums while she works. Or I, like I said, I mean, she sounds like any second now she's gonna break into like we're moving on up. <laughs> But anyway, so I didn't even finish the the choices there. So warm response is to plunge the sink. The cold response would be to unclog the drain with with stinky chemicals that make the bathroom an unpleasant place to to be. Um, I've done that before. I I guess my first issue arrives in the form of like I don't know why you would be mean to Ortega <laughs> after like <laughs> after like the first week. Like when you get there, I kind of well, understand. Well, I mean, he's like he's he's suppressing the people. No, but he's not. He's not. He's very clearly trying to help you and your brother. And so, like, I understand why you're mean for the first, like, ten minutes or something. But I don't understand why. I still played the rest of my first playthrough mean to him just to see what would happen. (laughs) And um, the game has two possible endings. Um, One is you get all the way to the end of the game and the revolution is a success and, and hooray, freedom. And you wake up in Ortega's guest bedroom. And then the other ending of the game is the revolution is a success and you wake up in Ortega's bed with Ortega. And that's that's how that's what sorry spoilers. Mind the first time you beat him. Okay, so I mean this sound I don't know what your problem is because this sounds exactly like Infamous Second Son where in one ending you save the lives of everyone and in the second ending you go back and you destroy your tribe. I mean it's so close. It's to- it's super close. Wait, is Ortega a hottie? Uh, it's hard to tell. He looks all right. Yeah, yeah he looks okay. He looks all right. They're just saying it that way to not sound gay. They want to say that Ortega gets five hot rock, rock hard cocks. No, he doesn't. He's kind of like skinny and small. <laughs> I, I want a big man that can hold me and make me feel safe. So you want like a young Castro, and he's more like a right, exactly. You know, you know Castro. You know, like he will fuck your brains out, right? Oh yeah, you're out. He's oh, like a nuts. So did you did you finish the game, Lucio? Yes, <laughs> you did finish it. Yeah. Did you play it again? I wouldn't play it again, not because I thought it was bad, but because the fucking movement is a fucking torture. Okay. Yeah. So you did think it was bad. Right. Yeah, movement is kind of a nightmare. You well, actually, considering that it is the only mechanic in the game, yes, I guess it makes it bad. <laughs> the, the thing is, is that as you play, the apartment fills up. So one of the things that the government starts to do is they start destroying things of cultural significance, and Ortega tries to basically uh, lift as much of that stuff as he can, like statues and paintings and all kinds of stuff, and keep them safe in his apartment. The problem is that all these boxes start showing up and you have to maneuver around them. And I mean, you, you just snag on everything. Like if you touch, if you I touch, thought, the, I thought you said there wasn't game there. 
Well, That's the most fun <laughs> game ever. Yeah, I mean, they're just kind of like around boxes. I guess Get Around the Boxes is a game. There was this one painting that they put in the middle of the of the dining room at one point, and she was nagging on it every time. And I'm talking like taking like five minutes to fucking get her to clear the stupid hurdle. Yeah, there's a I part... Almost, I almost been playing a few times in that. There's a part where you have to cover... He has a reflecting pool right in the middle of his entryway. And there's a part where you have to cover it uh, to make room for stuff. And you can choose to cover it with, like, decorative pillows. Um, and if you do, it is just so easy to get caught on them. I, I would deliberately choose the cold choice and and cover it with wood, because then you can at least walk over it. Like, it's just miserable. Those pillows are a retarded way to cover a pool, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, pillows are a bad way to cover a pool. I would agree. <laughs> okay, so before you get too much into furnishing, I'm going to ask this. So, so the exact nature of the relationship between... Angela's her name, right? Angela Burns, yes. Angela Burns and her brother. Because, um, you know, my dad was down with some revolutionary, revolutionary shit, right? Mm-hmm. And he was, um, he was adopted, but he got to know his like brothers and sisters later in life. And his sister, she was never quite down with the revolution, but at some point, um, you know, she was like, hey, I'm going to do something for you guys. I'm going to figure out how we can get into Cuba and get back just in case. So they're like, okay, we're going to give you, so my dad and some of these other people, they, they gave her passports and all this other stuff. And they plotted her out to Cuba and she went to Cuba. She got to Cuba. She got back fine. This is like, this is the route to Cuba just in case anyone ever wants that information. Uh, but this is like quite clearly a mission that uh, my dad sent her on that, that he sent her on. So I'm wondering if Angela, you know, do they ever talk about how Angela gets her job? Um, no. because it could, it could be that this guy, that her brother is the one that planted her there. At the very least, her dialogue leads you to believe that she, if that is the case, she doesn't know that, um, okay. because she's very dissatisfied with the fact that she has to work for this guy. Well, it's kind of a weird premise because your, your brother is also American, right? Yeah. yeah. Yes. So it, it'd be like, if I decided like, yeah, I'm going to go liberate Peru. <laughs> And I well, invited my sister to come visit. Well, I'm that's doing... what Che did. Yeah, I mean, it's not... Che is Argentinian. He went to Cuba and was like, oh, let's leave it in Cuba, okay? Yeah. It's, yeah um... I mean, I'm going to head out and, uh, and liberate Australia tomorrow. Go for it. Someone's got it. Those poor people. Okay. Anyway, one of the things that really bothered me about the game uh, that Jared didn't mention is that there's a lot of stuff that's very subtle in the game, right? So, for example, there's stuff about Batista, uh, Batista Soka, uh, about uh, Ortega's <laughs> wife, who, um, you know, they're strange and they had a pretty public breakup and everything. Um, and, you know, you kind of feel cool when you find all the stuff out, right? The same thing with the art and Ortega holding the art. And then they kind of ruin it by just coming out and saying it. Mm. So, you okay, know, instead, so of, I, instead, I, of feeling, instead of feeling rewarded for, like, paying attention and taking the time, I felt like... Oh, well, I wasted that because you just told me. So this is important. This is important because I feel like when uh, Jared and I gently discuss the game with two (laughs) professional adults, um, I feel like what I'm trying to figure out... It was extremely diplomatic. It was. (laughs) I think think what I'm trying to figure out... Nobody lobbied racial epithets at the other at all. (laughs) Um, That game earned its fucking two. That game really earned it. 
Anyway, what were you asking? <laughs> okay, so I was wondering, I was wondering, like, how much of the story is delivered subtle, subtly, and um, how much of it is kind of like spelled out for you. And I'm wondering, in the case of the books, right? So, did both of you find out the same information, no matter what you did? I think so. Okay, yeah. So that's maybe, important. Because... Maybe like little details. Like, did you did you mess around with her diary a lot, Lucia? Cause I didn't, I, I didn't. So if you, if you oh, sit I down, a lot. I said a lot. If you sit down and you do nothing, she'll write in her diary, and uh, that does like add a little bit of detail or context to some stuff. But you basically have to sit and do nothing to make it happen. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I, 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 see. I think that's what I was trying to get at because in other, in a lot of the other tale of tales, right. So if they're just spelling it out for you, then that's a problem. They're spelling like everything out, and there's nothing to discover on your own. Or yeah, even if you do discover something on your own, and they tell you later, then that's a problem. Because that's what a lot of the, me. a lot like, of other no. tale. Yeah. So yeah, that's what, so a lot of the other tale of tale games. It's a lot of what you kind of take away from the experience, um, rather than there actually being like a concrete story. So, um, um, so Patel and um, the path were very much the same way, where uh, you would just have to kind of make your own inferences from it as to what it meant and all that kind of stuff. Um, Lucio kind of hit on it where it has the subtlety, like you can find that stuff, but yeah. the game just kind of makes the assumption like, well, they must have found it. They love our game so much. <laughs> and so and so the thing is, is like my first playthrough, I didn't, I didn't look at like the pictures on his desk or anything like that. So I didn't do anything with his ex-wife. But you just you just wind up talking about it anyway. So every every day when Angela goes up to the apartment, um, she has a voiceover where she says like, "Oh, today Ortega was mad at me. Why has he got to be so mad at me?" And um, the thing about it is, is, it's it's always the same dialogue no matter what, and it can be really incongruous with like what you're experiencing in the game. So okay. like so like he leaves me like this beautiful uh, like happy note, this flirty note, and then I'm riding the elevator. I'm like, why is he so mad at me? He's a, such a grump. And uh, or not only that, but like you can you can not even glance at the documents. You can completely miss them, and you'll still leak them. Yes, yeah, so the documents that you leaked to your brother, I deliberately walked right past them last time because I wanted to be, well, actually the first time I did too, I wanted to be a respectful maid on my first playthrough. I wanted to be the kind of maid that I, Jared, would want to hire. That is to, that is to say, one who doesn't look through all my fucking shit. So my first playthrough, I ignored any like left out shit. I didn't respond to any of his notes. I just cleaned as, as coldly as I could. And... um and you still get like super ingrained in his life and talking about his ex-wife and talking about these documents, documents that I'd never seen, an ex-wife that I'd never even looked at. Like it just it didn't even matter. It's it's like the game has no idea what you've actually done and it just so relays the same information. So, wait, so that's, that's, that's that's fair because I feel like, you know, I feel like the um what I liked so much about the other Tale of Tales games is that it really was whatever they built for it. I think it's what you were saying about um and this farce where you played and got to be a deer, but I think a ton of players just found other shit as they were playing it. Yeah, like there's the there's park. a there's a magic system in the endless forest, and you have to really like you you have to spend more than more time than I did with it to figure all that stuff out. And and like I admire something like that. And I think I think the same thing was like was true for the path because if you play the path straight through, you can literally beat the game in in two minutes. And you're like, what's that? That's it. Um, but then you could you get you know if you do it the right way quote unquote uh, you get your character killed and you play as each of the other girls in the game and um, 
you could explore for ages and ages and it would take you forever to find what they call the big bad wolf and the big bad wolf always has these different personas in the game and uh so it's really it's really about just letting it unfold before you and it sounds like what tale of tales did with their own game is that they lost their own patience for it a lot and, of times and lucio might not feel this way but a lot of times i felt like it seemed like there was supposed to be something there and they just didn't have time or didn't feel like doing it and i think i mentioned this in the chat there's a part where you go to the uh the apartment and the list that ortega has left you of things to do there's not enough time in the hour that you're there to do all the things and so you mm -hmm. have you actually have to like prioritize and pick which ones you want to do and i was like well surely that will mean something and it, it, it does it just it literally doesn't matter like yeah. there's 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 not even a piece of dialogue to acknowledge that you didn't do something she's not it never comes back up again either she's not like oops i forgot to set the table she just you get to the end and she's like well i'm going home now <laughs> well it sounds like ortega just has jungle fever then yeah so in terms of the the country of like one thing that i want to say it's anchuria one thing i wanted to say before that is that um Oh, shit, I forgot. <laughs> Fucking Michael. I'm sorry, right. I just want to know, is Ortega more like Batista or Castro? Ortega is actually an art collector. He's trying to save um, the art collection. He's not really uh, an dictator. So he's nobody. Yeah. He, he really, in the grand scheme of things, he's not, like, he helps the revolution a lot, but he's not, like, he's, he's not, like, So Castro he's just a wealthy guy on the side boffing his maid. I mean, mostly? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. And um, I laughed. One thing I've noticed, I would have probably tried to like play more of the game and try to see other things. But the fact that it becomes such a pain in the ass to navigate at the end just makes me go like, I don't want to do this again. Did you turn your walk so, speed all the way up? Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yes. Yeah. So I wish you had I think, a button. So I think, I think Taylor Taylor has always had um, a problem where they... Um, where the game itself isn't actually fun to play. And um, think, like they've always had the movement problem. That sounds problem. about right. And, um, well, it feels like, it feels, I, I guess you would call it like an art game, right? I mean, the story, like, me, the story engrossed me enough that I finished it. But and, it and it seems like, and it seems like what, you know, so, so the strong point really is the story, and it really is the art direction. Um you know, uh, God, I've got where I was going with this. If you if you played it once and you got and you did everything warmly, and and got the the bone zone ending, and then you just and then you just forgot about it and went and moved on with your life, I think that you would probably enjoy the game at least a little bit more than I did. It's when you play it a second time and find that nothing is different, that everything falls apart for me. Okay, so and, so you know what. I'm I'm starting to have um, as much fun talking about this game as you guys had playing it. Right. <laughs> well, I, I I gotta say, like, uh, you know, just I I haven't played it yet, but I have been following kind of the idea. Like, it sounds like a cool idea. The premise is good. It sounds it like is. something like if they put a, this on like AMC and like had the guys who did Mad Men doing it. Like, I bet this would be a really great TV show. Mm -hmm. No, it, it, I think it even works better as a game. Like it's emergent storytelling at its finest. Like it, it's it's gone home. You know, it's the same kind of thing where like nobody's there telling you anything. You're just going around and exploring and seeing all these little details and then gathering the story from it. 
but the game doesn't want to just be that. It's not content to just be gone home. It also wants to let you make choices, and it does so by deliberately giving you the warm and cold choices, but then it just does absolutely nothing with them. Well, I, since, it, well since it's an art game, maybe it's a, maybe it's a deeper, um, um, introspective look at how your choices never matter in a video game, like in uh, Life is Strange. Or maybe it's a super bad game. Oh, no, like, like I said, Michael, it like, was like grossing enough strange. that I finished it. So, so well, that's, let's, that's uh, pretty good, I guess. I, I don't know. I mean, but, but I would, I would encourage you when you play it, Michael. Don't waste your time like Lucio did, because he played it for what, like, like three hours, maybe four hours tops. <laughs> so the thing is, is that you can get the exact same experience that Lucio got by just getting off the elevator every day and immediately turning around and leaving. And Ortega Ortega will fall madly in love with you, head over heels. He will compliment you. He'll be like, oh, you oh, are the on. best maid. He, but every guy, every, guy, every guy wants the girl that ignores them. I know, but, like the thing. but nobody tells their maid they did a great job when they literally have never been if in the he, apartment. If he, if well, how hot is the maid? He does. She's, she's if pretty hot, yeah, He tells her that. All right, let's talk about something else. Let's That's an more. episode of Seinfeld right there. Like, I'm paying my maid for sex. Yeah, basically. <laughs> All right, let's talk about something else. Let's talk about another game. What other video games can we talk about? Uh, Lucio played Torin. I did play Torin. And it sounded like you liked it a lot, but couldn't, but knew in your heart of hearts that you could not recommend it to someone. It's a bad game, but well, I could you bone the maid? Oh, God. I'm trying to sense a theme in this podcast. Oh, it's just... a bad game, but I liked it. I don't know how to, how to explain it. So, like, let's start. Uh, let's see. The combat is bad. Mm-hmm. The controls are bad. Um, the graphics are actually... The art direction is very good, but the actual, like, technical thing of the graphics are... It's like a PS2-era game. Mm-hmm. Animations are bad. Um, I haven't found any glitches on it, but that's only because the game is, like, three hours long, so I didn't have time to find any glitches. Um... So you know, it's, ta- it's like the, it's, five it's out of like, five, the game of the year. It's it's like it's like the Taco Bell of video games, right? Everyone knows it's bad, but some people like it. They know it's bad. It's not so, that. So wait, wait, hold on. I know nothing about this game. What are you doing in it? So the game's um, the game starts with a story of how humanity tried to build this tower to reach uh, the moon, and so the sun got angry and he sent this dragon to eat the moon. And you made a perpetually day, and the dragon is just kind of there, got in the tower. So you are the moon child. It's a woman that is tasked with defeating the dragon. So the game starts and you die. Uh, <laughs> you as, as, as games do. You, you, you fight the dragon and you lose. And you are kicked all the way down to the tower, uh, to the bottom of the tower, and you become a baby. So the game starts with you... Climbing up the tower, um, and you're stuck in this like cycle of death and revival, right? So every time that you lose, and sometimes you need to lose to progress, um, you become you go back to your previous form. So you know, if you died and you were uh, a young woman, you become a teenager, and so on. So the game is kind of you climbing this tower, and you have you age faster as you're climbing the tower. And, you know, you have, um, it's, it's a lot like Ico, where it's very quiet and very kind of introspective. Uh, there's really only one or two types of enemies. Um, and a lot of times you aren't even fighting. But it's, it's an interesting experience. It's hard to put into words why I like it. Um, 
but the way that the system works is, um, for example, there's one puzzle where there's this dragon that shoots this dark energy that turns you into stone, and the only way to hide from it is to um, to hide behind the pillars. And this is one area where there aren't enough pillars, so what you need to do is you need to die, revert to your old form, do a you know come back and then hide on your on the Wait, so 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 each time you die, you're a baby again. You go back to your previous form. So that so could you be... Go, so you only de-age a few years. Right. So, okay. you know, if you were at... There's, like, there's Baby, which you don't really come back to, because it's not a... It's an easy game. It's not easy to die. Um, there's Baby, there's a child, teenager, young woman, and then grow full-grown person. And... <laughs> <laughs> and when you die, um, you know, you come back from to, to the previous <laughs> form, if that makes sense. So you never go, like, full-out old hag? No, you, you, when you finish the game, you become the moon, so. Oh, okay. Ah, nice. classic. So, you know, old woman, moon, whatever. <laughs> um, One or the other. It's, it's a good game. Uh, I liked it a lot. Like I like the the way that they use the mechanic of uh, aging and the aging to solve some of the puzzles. Um, yeah, that that sounds pretty cool. It's also a weird side note. I, I don't even know if it's. I'm assuming you knew this, but this game was made with a uh, grant from like the Brazilian Department of Culture. Um, so it's like it's like a government funded video game. That's pretty yeah. cool. And I actually know, I actually went to the bank that has a program when I was in Brazil. Oh, there you go. <laughs> pretty sweet. Um, a, um, weird, a weird number of people I've noticed online feel as though they are entitled to it because they pay taxes in Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the Brazilians do decide. It seems but odd. I, it's, 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 it's a game that I think shows potential for the studio. I mean, it's obviously the first work. And as far as first games go, it's not bad. Like it works. It didn't but you, you said everything was terrible. You said everything was bad. So is it? A, I mean, it's a true government-funded program because like it works, but it's not. <laughs> nobody's really happy about yeah, it. Yeah. So it's, it's basically, basically <laughs> just the a fat national guy standing there all the time, not doing anything. <laughs> Man, we got political. There you go. Take that. Other podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see you deliver that biting commentary. One of the big themes is losing your like um, your humanity, uh, and they do some cool things to that too. Like there's one part where it's like, oh, you know, uh, in order to make your blade strong enough, you need to kill an innocent. So you find an innocent and kill him. Uh, of course, why not? Cute as you do. Yeah, you know. I think <laughs> yeah, that sounds sweet. That but... sounds very heroic. I had to do like a double take when I was editing the review to make sure that I had like read that right. <laughs> <laughs> It just felt really out of place for the whimsical game you were describing. <laughs> it's not whimsical. It's more like you know, I. I well, it's, it sounds a lot. Like I, I call, it sounds a lot like like creation and creation myth and religion. You know, like I said, when I compare it to Ico, it's the same thing. You know, like Ico seems whimsical, but you're dealing with some heavy shit. Right. Right. But uh, yeah, you know, awful game. Go go play it. <laughs> uh, like The Witcher. The Witcher is also an awful game. Yeah. Also, um, I think Doug made a comment, or was it Lucy? Someone made a comment today, just saying that The Witcher uh, pretty much did what Dragon Age Inquisition set out to do, except like was yeah. successful. 
That was me. And I, I think that that's an accurate statement still. Despite all, of, despite all of its problems, I think it's still a better game than Inquisition. Definitely. Is that you know really difficult, though? It's not a high bar to cross, no. Yeah, it's true. I don't know why, but something I always liked about the Witcher games is how it feels. It's still medieval Europe, but it feels more continental than most games. Because mm-hmm. most games, when they're talking medieval Europe, you're really thinking about is medieval England, right? That's what they're fucking talking about. Right, right. Mm. This definitely feels something that's more Germanic. Yeah, I think uh, that's. I think that's true. It definitely feels less like, um, like King Arthur's not going to roll in any second. Right, right. It's very grim and unforgiving, like you know, Germans. <laughs> Actually, you know, I, I will give the uh, at least the Witcher two credit. It's got a very dark age feel to it, which even games that are s- supposed to be set in like the dark ages, like you know Skyrim, it feels like well everybody's well bathed and you know. Oh, so everyone just kind of like shits and holes and free bleeds on themselves. Pretty that, much. That kind of like that's that's yeah. more in line with The Witcher. <laughs> I was actually I was thinking that while I was playing, and I like I I got to I got to a new town, and like before I even get into the town, there's a bunch of corpses just hanging from a tree in front of it. And I just kind of thought to myself, I'm like, man, I wonder if there's a nice place to go in The Witcher. <laughs> like, there really is nowhere. No. Like you, you in Skyrim, you get to like, um, what's that? What's that dwarf city on, it, that's kind of built into the cliff or what? Markarth? I think it's Markarth. Yeah, yeah. Markarth. I Markarth's got terrorism going on. The first thing you do that happens in Markarth is someone is executed. Oh yeah, that's even, right. In even plain so, view. even so, it's still just such an enchanting, magical city. Like when I get there, I'm always like, ooh, Markarth. It's very Germanic too because you have to understand that in the Dark Ages in, in it's, a, the, it's, a, it's an enchanting magical ci- city with ISIS everywhere. <laughs> well, well, even so, like uh, in, in English, saying, they have like Val Royale, which is like very like 18th century France, which is very dainty. And but then the rest of it is supposed to be like you know, well, we still shit in the same room that we eat in. Right. Yeah. Like The Witcher is just like all of that. It's like. This sad, dirty time when everybody's filthy, and what, what I, I, like I, I think that Witcher actually like, adds to the character. What I like about The Witcher is that you, you feel like you don't feel like you're playing in like a German folkloric song, but you feel like you're playing in the type of world that we give rise to all those fucked up German folkloric songs. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> it also like and Gretel, and <laughs> it just it just has like a bummer, oh, like. You know, you you if I accidentally like killed someone's donkey in The Witcher, I'd feel really bad. Like in Skyrim, okay, you know so you know so here here here's here's the issue. Um, I really want to know what everyone is talking about, but I don't know what everyone is talking about. So That's a, that does sound like an issue. So 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 I think everyone should ship in twenty dollars so I can get this game. Um. So Doug already uh, mailed. Didn't Doug already mail you? Don't ignore me. I thought Doug mailed the game to you. Clan.com and uh, send $20 to Jay. To Jay. <laughs> I want to... You have a Patreon going on where you can donate $20 to Jay. Well, I, I understand. I do understand what Michael's saying because, like, it's like... I guess every other medieval fantasy thing out there feels very much like the modern age. It's like I'm supposed to be playing a Telltale's Game of Thrones, but it feels like... Other than everyone wearing dresses, it feels like the 21st century. I mean, if you saw Jon Snow on Facebook, it would, you'd be like, that's normal. <laughs> well, like, exactly. In, in The Witcher exactly. 2, like, even the prettiest girl in the world, like Triss, like, I'd, I'd still be a little leery about shaking her hand. <laughs> right, yeah. It's like, I'm, I'm not in a rush to hit that. 
Um, I do. I want to. We've gone in a really weird direction about this. <laughs> we have. Although, to be fair, The Witcher has come a long way in the realm of sexuality. I don't. I don't think any of you played The Witcher one. It sounds like. I have. Oh, you did. Okay. So, do you remember when you used to uh, bone a woman and then get a trading card? Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Wait, what? Like yeah, that's how the <laughs> that's how the Witcher one works. You'd have sex. Yeah, with no, them. no. Mike, Michael's right. All my one night stands are that way. It's like, hey, Jay, I had a great time. Here's a trading card. <laughs> Here's a trading card with a picture of me on it. <laughs> naked. Naked. Yeah, they're all naked. It's basically like a selfie. Like a so it's like, oh my god, uh, did anyone play the Lunar games? Mm-hmm. No. They had like the bromides. Yes. Does anyone remember those? Uh, the bromides. Are those the, are those the bath scenes? Because that's no. What... Yeah, yeah. Well, it's kind of like the bath thing. It's like it's like these these big pictures you get mostly of the girls, and it's usually some kind of titillation, right? They're not naked, but it is it is something like they'll be in a bath, and the bubbles are covering all their naughty bits. And it's a couple of guys, but it's mostly the girls. Um, and you just find them in like treasure chests and in dungeons, or if you do. Or if you like sleep in an inn or do a special event and you just get these bromides because they just have their sexy pinups everywhere. I mean, it shows you the importance of programs like Snapchat that remove those <laughs> pictures after they're taken. How, how awkward would you feel if like you delved into the, the dungeon of the ancients and then just found like a sexy picture of yourself in a chest? <laughs> I remember... I, I remember how did this get here? <laughs> Back. I don't remember going to the beach. So, so now, now that I'm 32, it sounds like the stupidest thing ever. But back when I was teenage me, whenever I was in a dungeon, I was never hoping to find like a big sword or or some fancy armor. I was always always hoping to find this sexy picture. Yeah, child child me perved out on that game pretty hard. Like <laughs> you weren't hard to please as a as a teenager. No, no, that's true too. Um, well, as a teenager, we didn't have the internet that we do today. Okay, right. I have a, I have a, I have a weird side diversion, and I'll be real quick with it. I swear. When when I was a kid, I grew up next to a uh, a field, and it was pretty good sized. Like we were literally right across the street from this field, and it was it was it was very foresty. It was covered in really tall trees. Like you could walk into it, and people couldn't see you, even though you were just across the street. Um, and eventually it was torn down and turned into uh, a, a, a circle. Um, but for... A circle? Yeah, a well, what circle. It, what's a... Like uh, a major Dragon Age? No, like a cul-de-sac. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> that was the word I was looking for. Um, so I found, when I was a kid, we found a, uh, a Playboy in the woods and we all like we all like ripped out the, the parts of the Playboy that, that we enjoyed, and, and we would we would stuff them in between the bark and the trees and stuff, <laughs> and then and then come back out. That was how we hid the pictures, you know, come back out and pull the one that you like out. But anyway, I, I was online the other day, and somebody was talking about how they found their grandfather's like box of nudie magazines, and that they burned them for their for their grandfather. And somebody commented, and they're like, "Why did you do that? You're supposed to take that box out to the woods and then just leave it there." And they're like, so that so that young kids will find it. <laughs> and I found uh, there were there were tons of people like coming out of the woodwork to be like, oh, I found woods porn one time, and like, yeah, I think that's a, I think that's an actual thing. I guess I, I, think, I think this is like an ongoing tradition that I just no, never no, realized. I remember I remember like last I think it was last year, which is the final year I went to um, my my school's film festival. Someone actually made a. Um, a movie about that, about how these kids are on like a class trip and they basically find wood wood porn, mm-hmm. woods porn, woods porn. And I remember, I remember, like when I was a kid, like little kid on the playground, 
um, you know, on a park on a park derby, there was just this box of porn, and they're like all these these boys like running to it and just grabbing the porn out of the box, and it's a thing. <laughs> I I've, I mentioned it at a. This, this sounds like a quest in the Witcher, where it's like. <laughs> <laughs> Go deposit the woods porn. <laughs> Go deposit Witcher. Take this stack of playing cards. <laughs> I, I'm sure. Put them I'm in sure the woods today. for the next generation. <laughs> I'm sure today, if um, if a park ranger or a cop catches you without woods porn, you're going to jail. Well, I mean, like let's. Unless you're the person leaving. the first guy from Firewatch, it. and then you can call him a pussy. <laughs> yeah. Let's leave Firewatch out of this. <laughs> I mean, that should tell you how bad Sunset is, is I'm still pretty stoked for Firewatch. <laughs> um, but anyway, I just, I, the phenomenon of woods porn, I mentioned it at a neighbor's party yesterday, and like 10 people, not 10 people, but like everybody who was at that party was like, oh, here was my experience with woods porn. Like every, <laughs> everybody had a story about it. Wait, Later. I cut out there for a second. What, what about woods porn? <laughs> Michael, did you, did, you, did you experience woods porn? I got a gigantic box of porn from a friend. Oh, but you didn't find oh, that's it. That's a good friend. You didn't find it in the woods. Did you Great friend. Did you leave it in the woods as per code, I guess? What the hell did I do with it? Cuz I mean, you can't have it anymore. No one has printed pornography anymore. I actually do. Well, that's I've, I've got a bit. I, I I have um what do I have? Some I, porn it's, you it's acknowledge is just like worth holding on to. It's it's one page of like my favorite girl I ever saw in a porn magazine. Like, I thought she was absolutely beautiful, and I kept it. You just, like, laminate uh, it? Uh, blonde, blonde. I could probably get it right now. Where is it? It's probably above my head. Hold on. <laughs> okay, we won't be sharing that one on the site. <laughs> um, sorry. Sorry, we're listeners. Gonna, we're not going to put that one on the site. No. So I feel like... Uh, I feel so like... I, I still have it in the original box that I put it in. And this is important because the original box I hid this porn in was um, Yoshi's Story. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, that's quite a story. <laughs> Remind me of that if my kids are ever in your apartment for some reason. <laughs> Dad, I want to play you. this. <laughs> yeah. No! Yeah. Uh, that's a $20 dude. bill. That's, that's, not the, that's not the porn. Hey, that's, that's a nice spine, though. That's a third of The Witcher. <laughs> that's a third of The Witcher right there. That'll buy... What does a Playboy go for these days? Will that buy you two or three? Oh, yeah, that's uh, true. And you can put them in a box and leave them in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Central Park, I guess. Okay. Or you can put so, uh, in another twenty and then surprise yourself double in twenty years. Yeah, so when 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 The Witcher Four with its woods porn comes out. Yeah, but by then video games will be like ninety dollars. Yeah. Uh, ninety dollars again. They were ninety dollars in the past. Yeah, that's true. It's true. If you wanted to buy The Witcher on SNES, it would probably be about one hundred and ten dollars. Sounds about right. <laughs> I do. I feel like I feel like everybody got to bring a game to the table except Michael. And I know that you've been playing Windward a little bit. I have indeed been playing Windward. Have you played enough to talk about it? Is there is there something to to be said about Windward yet? You know, I've, I've played enough that I think I know what the game's about. But I'd really like to think that there's more game to it than what I what I've experienced so far. So it's a. Uh, a ship, like you're sailing a yep. ship, right? It's it's a seafaring trade and naval combat game, and you, you only have to play it for a few minutes, and you're immediately going to make the comparison to Sid Meier's Pirates! Exclamation point. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, like so far, I, I've probably put in about ten hours or so. 
I'd probably rather just play pirates. <laughs> okay, so I want to I want to take this moment on the podcast to say that if you are an indie developer, and if you're um, if you liked everything we had to say about every indie game we reviewed so far in this podcast, <laughs> we've been very kind. <laughs> to the indies. We, are, we have open submissions for indie indie developers who are interested in talking on our site. <laughs> All right, well, so, so let me start out with a couple of things that I like about it. One, it looks really nice. Like, it's, it's a very pretty game. Like, definitely way better than Pirates. Um, well, that's good. Very inconsequential observation, but, like, the water looks super beautiful. Which is great. Another thing. Yeah, that's actually a really... That's I was like, say that's, that's hard to do. That's important. Like, we pay that's attention to, to water quite a bit in games. Yeah. Um, it's a procedurally generated map, which is done out over like small sections over like a square uh, like overworld map. So you know each each game is going to be a little bit different, like in the in terms of like where your where your towns are and your. It's going to be a big map. I can tell. Like just, I, I've only gotten to like two of maybe twenty map sections. So there's a lot to it. Um, the unfortunate thing is, is just the game has you're kind of established like. You know, trade this in this town, you know, buy cheap here, sell cheap there, or sell for big there. Um, you can do missions, you know, like ferry passengers here, or uh, go here to collect this and bring it back here. And unfortunately, that seems to be kind of it. Like, you, um, so you start out on, on one section, and everything is friendly. It's kind of like the beginner zone. And I found that I definitely spent way too long in the beginner zone because I was getting really bored before I left. But then you move into the next zone, and it's overrun by pirates who are a bunch stronger than you. So I actually had to retreat back to the beginner zone to you know level up, um, earn more money, buy a bigger ship, buy uh, you, you can upgrade like your cannons, your sails, you know, just improve your ship your ship overall. But um, like the beginner zone is really boring because there's like no conflict. It's just you know, ferry this to here and mm-hmm. go here to bring back this. And then you get into the next zone, and it's like, well, I you get killed by this, and you're not strong enough to take over this. And I finally did do that today. I, I took over that zone, like I, I claimed all the uh, all the towns for my faction. So, how I, do you claim a town? Uh, so you you claim a town by just like sailing. So. Again, I, I don't think it's entirely fair to make the Pirates comparison, but you will feel immediately familiar with the game if you've played Pirates. Like, you, you, you drive a ship, you go from port to port, it's like an overhead. Um, unfortunately, it, doesn't, it does not have fencing, so it's just ship-to-ship combat, which is done over, like, just on the main map. So, you, you, you sail up to a town, if there are no other, you know, opposing forces in the area, you just start, like, a, it starts a, a countdown until you've claimed it if you know an, a so pirate like ship. A capture the flag pretty much yeah and so okay so I started the game and it had controller support and I was like okay great I can I can kick back I can enjoy this and after playing the game for 30 minutes I was like man I fucking hate this game this is terrible and then I find out it's like it's a once game again that, indie devs. We are taking those submissions. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, like, it's a game that has controller support, but it has no business having controller support because you you can't do like a quarter of the game's functions. Like, you can't open your inventory map or your inventory or your map 
without using a keyboard or a mouse. So I, I put down the controller, I started using the keyboard and the mouse, like the game started playing a, a lot smoother. And yes, I figured out what there was to do, I started playing it. But not long after that, I felt like I've kind of done everything there is to do in this game. And I can move on to like, you know, the next section where there'll be like more, I'll get more gold for doing a mission or the pirates will be tougher. But there's not, that it doesn't appear like there's going to be anything new to do. Okay, so it's, it's, it kind of introduces all its ideas and that's it when you start off. Yeah, it, I mean, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I've been having a good uh, okay, time don't, playing don't it. It's it, just don't praise it too much. <laughs> I I've been having a good time playing what it is, but you know I'm maybe I've played like ten to fifteen hours, and I'm kind of like, well, that was great. Is there more? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> like I, I'm waiting for it to introduce like the next fun, like new mechanic, and I just don't think it's there. Let's um. We'll, we'll go. We'll, we'll run just a tiny bit longer than usual today. Let's let's end on a high note for our indie brothers, um, and just ask Jay really quickly about Axiom Verge. Hi, yeah, it's awful. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> oh no. Well, I guess we're I, actually, on time. I, I actually, I know, I actually really loved Axiom Verge. I I thought it was um one of the best games I played in a while. I wouldn't call it, um, well, aside from Bloodborne, um, I wouldn't call it Game of the Year, but it's mm-hmm. definitely pretty strong. Um, so for anyone that doesn't know what Axiom Verge is, it's basically a Metroidvania, right? And it looks a lot, like at first glance, it looks, it looks, it looks basically like Metroid for the NES. It looks exactly the same at first. Um, but then you kind of get into it, you settle into it, and you realize, well, while, the, while everything is strongly reminiscent of Metroid, it kind of does have its own aesthetic and ideas going on. Um, it kind of draws from other experiences, but it's a really, a really solid Metroidvania. I, I think I had heard, and you can tell me if this is wrong. I had heard a lot of comparisons to Contra as well. Yes, so I was, I was about to, I was, I was getting ready to, I was getting ready to jump into that part. Um, it looks super Contra well, in the fact that it has a lot of faces growing out of mounds of corpses. Uh, yes, it's, it's got that too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but for the for so it's a it's a Metroidvania. That's the structure. You get items, you get guns, and you find new places. But the combat is very much like Contra. Um, you know, because right right off the bat, you get like a really big fucking gun to carry around and shoot things. And the deeper you go into the game, the faster enemies get, and the more bullets they'll have, and uh, the more you're going to be dodging shit and firing as fast as possible. And the game is just, like, constantly upgrading you. So I think if you're playing Metroid, right, every new area, you'll find one, maybe two new pieces. And usually that thing is... It's, like, never a weapon, right? It's something like X-ray vision or something like a double jump. It's usually some kind of utility thing. But in Axiom Verge, it feels like you're almost always finding new stuff, and that shit is usually always a different type of gun. So there's a ton of different guns in the game. There's a ton of ways to kind of kill enemies. Even the tools you get to open up new pathways and solve puzzles can also be used to hurt enemies. So early on, you get like a laser drill. And the laser drill is used to drill through rock, but you can also use it to drill apart enemies and um, 
it's really fun. It's like really aggressively old school. It's got like a harsh chip tone beat under it. Um, you know, the graphics are all kind of simple and a bit monotone. Um, and yeah, the combat feels like Contra while the exploration is a Metroidvania. Um, and so it's a lot of, it, it's since it's such a classic Metroidvania, like it's got a few uh, modern day conventions. So there's an auto save. So you can save a game. You're never going to lose all your progress. You might have to backtrack, like you could die before getting to the next save point, but you're, it's going to save all your items, so you're not going to lose that stuff. Um, it's just up to you to get back to where you were before. And every time you quit the game, it's going to save, so a lot of it is kind of built around making sure uh, you don't lose a ton of progress. But other than that, it's pretty... Uh, it's, it's not like Chandra hard, but it's, it's up there in difficulty. And the exploration, it's it's really up to your own like memorization as to where shit is at. So you gotta you gotta you gotta kinda remember and bookmark where rooms and shit are in your head and um just remember what looks like it's gonna be useful where and go back to that because the game the game doesn't really hold your hand in terms of story. Mm-hmm. Um and I like that. I like I like the exploration aspect of it. I thought that was really cool because even current Metroidvanias, they don't do that. They tell you exactly where to go at all times. Um, it's like, oh, you can use this ice axe to get past the fire bridge. You better go back there. It's not like that in Axiom Bridge. Axiom Bridge just doesn't tell you. You have to figure it out. Yeah, I like that to a point. As long as the level design is solid and... Um... And it's solid, and uh, and on top of, and not only is it solid, it rewards um, curiosity. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna go, oh, I wonder what happens if I use this weapon on this, or I wonder what happens if I go here. And usually, you're gonna find something at the end of it. So you'll find like a secret area, or you're gonna find a power up. Um, so, so, so to give you an early example, there's a there's a gun that you get that can actually hack the game. It can hack enemies, and sometimes it makes them easier to deal with. Sometimes it makes it harder. Um, and it can hack the terrain and make the terrain disappear. So you get that, and sometimes you'll see the game, and it looks like the game is glitching, but it's not actually glitching. Um, It's actually just an indication that you can hack the area. So I would hack the wall, and the wall would fall apart, and I found like an entire secret portion of the map, like a whole area that was a secret. I got an achievement for it, and that was just because I said, oh, I wouldn't know what would happen if I hacked this wall. Um... So it's well made. It's um, I think it feels like smaller than most Metroidvanias, mm-hmm. but you know it was made by one guy. I was going to so. say yeah, just by its nature, like I think it has to be smaller a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's great because yeah, everything else that we shit on tonight was made by <laughs> multiple people. <laughs> uh, uh, too many cooks. This guy didn't have a government grant. Too, too many cooks spoil the pot. Um, yeah, I, I think that's it. I think I think if you're like so, so the unfortunate thing is, right? We live in a day and age where we might never ever in our entire lifetime ever again see another Castlevania, and we might never ever ever again see another Metroid. That's very a very real possibility. Um, or Contra, but, or another Contra. So instead, of killing, good your, ones. instead of killing mm-hmm. yourself, instead of, instead of slashing your throat, you can buy Axiom Verge instead and play that. Well, there you go. All right. It looks pretty cool. I think it, I think it does. It's kind of got like a like a shovel knight ish kind of that. It's that same kind of vibe. It, yeah, it's, it's got, got a got very well defined like H.R. Geiger. I mean uh, aesthetic. That's N- really yeah. Nintendo yeah. doesn't want to make a Metroid, so let this guy. 
Bye. I, uh... I, I think if there are any mild complaints, my only complaint would really fall with the story, which there is a story in it, but it's um, it's cryptic. It's so cryptic, it's kind of hard to follow. And um, the bosses, unfortunately, um, there's not a lot of variety in them. It's like just basically dodging and shooting. Um, mm. But other than that, I, I loved it. Hmm. Oh, well, good. That's a nice high note for us to to end on. Yeah, um, we don't we don't hate all indie devs. We just hate a lot of indie devs. Most of them, I guess. I don't, I don't hate my game. I just thought it was bad, but worth playing. <laughs> I definitely yeah. hated mine. I was gonna say, to be fair, like Jared only kind of super hates the Tales of Tales people. <laughs> I like the one where I was a deer. They did a good job there. <laughs> there wasn't anything else I needed, but this this. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, you know what I liked about The Witcher 3 that I remember? <laughs> what? <laughs> How everybody treats you like fucking garbage and then they bitch when you charge them. Man, every... Hey, Witcher, you're a piece of shit. That's, see, that's the other bummer is how much... You fucking... Oh, yeah, you. The what second... You the okay, s- I'll charge you. You fucking asshole. What do you charge? <laughs> the second zone you go to, the first, like, the first tavern you go to to get information... Uh, like a group of drunken individuals rolls up and is and try and basically starts shit with you, and like the exact same thing had just happened in the town before. I was like, oh, I probably won't have to kill these guys. They wouldn't make me do that twice. Nope, they sure. <laughs> you, you, you didn't win the uh, the speech thing where you can actually get them to not kill you. Oh, I I just killed them. Should I oh. not? Actually, you know what? You know what? Them. No, I'm wrong. Here's here's what I did. I passed the speech check, and then they came in and sat down, and I kept walking over the, to them and trying to talk to them, and then they attacked me. So, <laughs> well, that's that's on you. So I guess I did it. Um, um, but yeah, it's kind of like the Virgin of Venice, where it's like, oh, you're a dick, <laughs> and then when you finally act like a dick, they're like, oh, why are you such a dick? <laughs> so anyway, tonight's podcast is in memory of Doug Wilson. Who drank two Sangrita blasts? <laughs> I didn't know he was dead. So let's all. And I was surprised when he said he liked Sangrita blasts. Yeah, well, so was he. And he was even <laughs> he was even more surprised when they carted him into the ambulance. But nominate patre et et spiritus sancti. But we love you. Goodbye. We love you, Doug. We wish you the best in the afterlife. <laughs> we we put two Sangrita blast caps over his eyes to pay his penance. <laughs> In the afterlife, which is which is why he's going to be back next week, and he'll be back next week after he gets kicked <laughs> out of uh, of the afterlife, whatever whatever heaven you believe in. So anyway, thank you for joining us this week. Uh, if you feel like we did something wrong, which we did, you can email <laughs> us at contactenemyslime.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter. I said it all at the beginning. You should have done it at the beginning. Why are you even thinking about it now? Go donate to our Patreon. Go donate so to our Patreon. So you can afford a Witcher. Go See, it's, not, it's not like we really, we really beat up on unknown games either. We beat up on Don't Nod and Tale of Tales. Yeah, so if true. that doesn't get us... If that doesn't get us hate mail, nothing will. Yeah. Whatever jerk-offs made Windward. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the Brazilians. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's 180 million of you guys. Come on. One of you has to send us Tale mail. <laughs> All right, well, hopefully we upset someone, so hey, be hey, sure Tom, to... Hey, Tom Pup, or whatever your name is, that made Axiom Verge, we like you. Yeah, Tom, you're all right. You're okay, Wait, Tom. Wait, Tom Fulp? No, no not Fulp. Oh, okay. For all the Brazilians, Maradona is better than Pele. There, that should, that should do it. 
Oh no, you didn't. All right. Well, <laughs> I think with I think that's a spectacular place to say that we are now. We are now out. I think you better say goodbye to Lucio. <laughs>